This is Science Friday. I'm Ira Plato. I first learned of the inventive talents of Hedy Lamarr from the story, cover story, in the spring 1997 issue of American Heritage Magazine Invention and Technology. There she was on the cover, her glamorous Hollywood face, pictured on top of a patent with her name on it a patent that was kept hidden by the Pentagon since the 1940s. Hollywood actress Hedy Lamarr was more than meets the eye. The most beautiful woman in Hollywood and also the mother of Wi-Fi. That's right, she invented in her free time from instant cola to a device to hold your used tissues. Her most passionate invention, a patent held for a secret communication system that now underlies most of our wireless technology. Today, we call it frequency hopping. Hetty's story is largely unknown to the public, partly because she didn't talk about it much herself. Here's her in an interview in 1969 on the Merv Griffin Show just hinting about it. Tell me something that I didn't know about you. I want to be a simple, I am, I mean, very simple, complicated person. (laughs) She finally received professional acknowledgement by fellow inventors just three years before her death. For decades, screenwriters and producers have been trying to tell Hetty's story. Hollywood has never been interested. But now popular culture has finally caught up with the real Hetty. A new documentary, Bombshell, aired at the Tribeca Film Festival in New York this spring, and it will run on PBS next year. And a television miniseries is also in the works that will dig down further into her inventive side. Today we're going to revisit the brilliance of Hedy Lamarr and why telling her story is so important and why we're telling it now. Let me introduce my guest, Diane Kruger, actress, narrator in the recent documentary Bombshell, and she will portray Hedy in a forthcoming TV series about Hedy Lamarr. Uh, Welcome to Science Friday. Diane? Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Nice to have you. Uh, Richard Rhodes, author of Hedy's mm-hmm. Folly, The Life and Breakthrough Inventions of Hedy Lamarr, the Most Beautiful Woman in the World. That's uh, that's the book he wrote. He's joining us from uh, Moon Bay, California. Welcome to Science Friday. Thank you. Hi. Uh, let me ask you, Richard, as Hedy said herself in 1969, she was very simple, complicated person. <laughs> <laughs> she was complicated. I don't know about simple. Well, well, but someone who someone who's going home at night instead of going to Hollywood parties and sitting at a drafting table with a bunch of engineering textbooks behind her, uh, coming up with inventions, that's not a simple person. Dan, uh, you're someone who hadn't heard of Hetty's story until Richard's book came out, and, and now you're attached to these two projects about her. What makes her so compelling to you? I was just fascinated with her story. You know, what what attracted me most to her was that she already had this incredible life coming over to to the U.S. from Austria, you know, escaping the war, convincing Louis B. Mayer on a boat to the U.S. to hire her um, as this actress. And then in her spare time uh, as a non-trained engineer coming up with frequency hopping, I just found myself completely enthralled by her story. Mm -hmm. Let's get into the story a little bit. Let me begin with with you, Richard. Of course, as as I say, a lot of people don't know she's the mother of Wi-Fi, the big frequency hopping patent. What got her working on all of that? Give us a little thumbnail sketch of that. Um, Hetty grew up in Vienna with a kind of debutante education. 
but her father was uh, a bank director who was interested in science and technology and often walked her around Vienna pointing out how things worked. So she had a kind of background that she associated with a much-beloved father. Then she married uh, at 19 as a movie star in Vienna, in Hollywood, sorry, in Austria. She married the second richest man in Austria, who was an arms merchant, but also had an engineering firm that helped German and Italian uh, military people solve technical problems. So once again, as a kind of arm piece at dinner, when all these generals and admirals were coming around, she listened and absorbed and learned. When she then got to Hollywood uh, in the 1930s and began inventing on her own, she added to her skills but then in the beginning, uh, in that interim period between the time when the Second World War began in Europe and the time the United States joined that war, she followed the war with great concern. She was Austrian, so technically an enemy alien. Her country was attacking British shipping in particular and torpedoed ships loaded with children who were being moved from England to Canada to escape the German bombing of London and of the country. That horrified her. And it was then that she began thinking how she might mm -hmm. be of help. Mm -hmm. uh, Diane uh, Kruger, she also had a very daring life. As, as uh, Richard said, she escaped her first husband, and she had to establish herself in Hollywood. Do, you th do most people in Hollywood, or do they, do they know about her, or did they know that <laughs> of her when she was alive? <laughs> um, I, I don't know. You know, I I only heard about her um, because of of the book, um, yeah. and and I think that's part of what makes me really want to tell her story because it's an extraordinary one, and it is really rare to get to Hollywood and and do everything that she did, and then her story of not being recognized for what she came up with, and um, really her family's journey to make sure that she finally will get the recognition that she deserves. It's, it's, it's a fascinating story to tell, and I think it's a great story for young girls to, to listen to. Let me, let me just add that there was an exodus from, from Germany and Austria went with the coming of Hitler of all sorts of artists, including actors uh, of, with Jewish backgrounds. And Hedy's family were mm -hmm. assimilated Jews. She was raised actually in a Catholic education, but but Hitler was aware that she was Jewish, and she had to get out. So they moved to America and England and other places, and it was a very difficult transition. Very few people managed it. She was one of the few who, who succeeded in her new world, changing language, changing mm. culture, having to find another way to live. So it shouldn't be surprising, I think, that there was a great stress and strain uh, pushing people to achievement in their new lives. And, and, and she had this inventive side to her that a lot of people didn't know about. Did she go searching for equally-minded folks in Hollywood who might be able to share their inventive side and work together? You know, there was always in Hollywood in those days another world besides the one we know of of talented and people with with artistic gifts. She used to play chess with Man Ray, the American photographer who was part of the whole 
surrealist movement in Paris in the 20s. So her idea of a good time was a quiet dinner party. She would go to dinner with people like Mitzi Gaynor and her gay husband, Adrian. And that was actually where she met uh, an avant-garde composer named George Antile, who helped her with her invention of frequency hopping when it came to that point. He's, a, he's, he's the one who came up with the idea of using the piano roll, which he had used in his music, uh, yes, to change, they, they, to hop the frequencies around like the dots on, the, like the slits and dots on the, on the piano roll. Exactly. They needed a way to change the frequencies automatically, and they worked out a way to have the, a scroll on the plane like a miniature piano roll and an equally timed scroll on a torpedo, which would flip the frequency from one point to another with little holes in the, in the scroll just like the ones on a piano roll. That's... It was a very clever use of the existing technology because digital technologies had not yet, of course, come along. Our number, 844-724-8255, if you'd like to uh, talk about uh, Hedy Lamarr. Um, uh, did, did, she didn't, and, and she didn't give up her inventive capacities or her inventive desires uh, uh, for a long time. I mean, uh, uh, in Bombshell, you, you talk about Howard Hughes fixing her up with her own little invention center, a little laboratory. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. She uh, Hughes loaned her a couple of chemists. She was working on a tablet that could be dropped into a into a canteen or a glass of water that would fizz up and make a, a cola drink. She thought that would help the soldiers <laughs> in their travels around Europe <laughs> during the war. Uh, but of course, she didn't know any mm -hmm. chemistry, so he loaned her a couple chemists. Unfortunately, she said that it didn't work. It was one of her few inventions that didn't work because because different water uh, uh, qualities affected the fizziness. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Diane, you mentioned something earlier about uh, you think this will be very helpful toward stimula stimulating uh, young women, girls, to, to see themselves differently. Uh, last year we saw the massive success of Hidden Figures, another story about brilliant women in mm -hmm. science. Is there something in the mm -hmm. air now in Hollywood? that is bringing these these stories about women scientists or women interested in science out to the public? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's just in Hollywood, but, um, you know, just judging for myself, I went to school and was never encouraged to, you know, really pay attention in physics or chemistry. And I love that she had a curious mind, that she grew up with a father who encouraged her to be curious and explain to her how things work. And I just took away such a positive um, message, you know, from her story. And as a girl, I feel like this is the moment where we should teach our daughters that they can do anything they want. And those typically, typically male jobs should not, you know, that's not the law. So be curious. And if you're curious in this, you should be, you should have examples to look up to. Mm -hmm. We should mention that the Alfred B. Sloan Foundation in New York uh, which encourages communications on science and technology, uh, has been behind, was behind the film Hidden Figures. 
supported the development mm-hmm. of that film and has supported the development of my book, first of all, and now of the documentary that, that you're discussing. Yeah. So they they have been greatly yeah. concerned to to deal with this. Yeah, I I I've been following this myself. Yeah. Uh, Sloan is a funder of Science Pride, and we've you know have relations with them. And Doran Weber over there and I have been talking about this for fifteen mm-hmm. years. Yes, uh, yes. This movie has yeah. gone through all kinds of hoops, has it not? Oh, it has. That's a, yes. as complicated <laughs> as a good invention, you know. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. Why is it so hard to get... Yes, Diane? Well, let me... From my experience, because I'm trying to produce the miniseries about her, you know, it's very difficult to explain an invention to people that want to be entertained, I guess. You know, and Hidden Figure was, I think, one of the first really great films that was both, in my opinion. And so all of a sudden, there's this appetite in Hollywood of making stories, you know, that seemed impossible to crack because clearly there's a hunger for it there. But then for Hetty in particular, what's been difficult is that her story is so big and it's gone, you know, five, five decades. And you want to tell all of it because she was, yes, she was an inventor, but she was also a brilliant woman and a great actress. And so, you know, you, you need the time to tell her story. And so it's kind of a, a hard nut to crack. Yeah. I'm Ira Plato. This is Science Friday from PRI, Public Radio International. Our number 844-724-8255, talking with Diane Kruger and Richard Rhodes about uh, the lifetime of uh, of Hedy Lamarr. Um, one of the uh, very poignant scenes or, or during the film in Bombshell depicts Hedy as having a difficult relationship with her own looks. She said they were a curse. She was so good-looking. We also had so she also had so much plastic surgery that when she grew older. Do you think not being valued for her mind affected her value of herself? You know, I think we should oh. be clear that uh, again, moving to from one world to another, taking those great risks, she was made wealthy and famous by her looks. But it was not her looks that she valued. She yeah. valued her mind. She used to. She once said, "I can tell you how to be glamorous. All you have to do is stand still and look stupid." <laughs> and that was the kind of conflict she had. Because on the one hand, she was she was made rich and powerful by her looks, but on the other hand, the other part of herself was never recognized until late mm-hmm. in her life. Diane. But, you have a- yeah. Comment to make about that? Yeah, I, I, I think Richard is right. And then I think as she grew older, I think she was uh, very bitter. You know, she, um, her, you know, Hollywood turned her back on her because now she wasn't young and beautiful anymore. And she was trying to keep that facade up, but clearly mm-hmm. couldn't. Yeah. And, and nobody, you know, ever valued her for her mind. So she became a recluse. Uh, from her own family, and it's um, you know, it's it's a sad story, and at the same time, I think it's a wonderful story that she was alive when she was finally recognized for it. But she never, for example, made any money out of it. You right. know, they let it ex- the patent expired before um, I think it's twenty years or twenty five years. Um, they never did anything about it, and they knew that she had it, but 
you know, she never, she could never prove it and until it was too late. Let me go to a quick phone call to Noel in Oakland. Hi, welcome to Science Friday. Hey, Ira. I'm calling because my great uncle was an old-timey movie um, producer and director at MGM for many, many years. And I was looking through some books that I have of all the stills, and he directed a, a big, splashy movie with Hedy Lamarr and Lana Turner and Judy Garland. And they were kind of the three big stars, and it was called Zigfold Girl. And I was looking at the three mm. women, and I was thinking about how, you know, for Judy and for um, what's-her-face, the blonde, things turned out so bad because of all of the negatives that came with that role as um, a movie star, the drugs and alcohol and all that. And I guess I thought Hetty's life turned out differently, but then I just heard what Diane said, and maybe it didn't, (laughs) other than she became reclusive. But I thought maybe that kind of gave her some protection from the downfalls of that Hollywood life. Yeah, she had her... That was all. Okay, well, thanks. So so she had science as her buffer, is what I guess the caller was saying. Something else to turn to in Hollywood. We're going to take a break. We have a lot lot more to talk about. Uh, Hedy Lamarr with Diane Kruger, actress, uh, bombshell and forthcoming TV series on Hedy's inventive side, and Richard Rhodes, author of Hedy's Folly, The Life and Breakthrough Inventions of Hedy Lamarr. That was out in 2011 from Knopf. And our number, 844-724-8255. Stay with us. You can also tweet us at SciFry. We'll be back right after this break. I'm Ira Plato. This is Science Friday. Uh, we're talking with Diane Kruger, an actress and a, a producer and voice in, in Bombshell, the forthcoming TV series on PBS on Hedy uh, Lamar. And, and her inventive side. Richard Rhodes, author of Hedy's Folly. Our number, 844-724-8255. A quick correction, and I, I want to ask if this is your misspeaking, uh, Richard. We've gotten a lot of tweets coming in that you meant to say Janet Gaynor, not Mitzi Gaynor. Ah, uh, good. Thank you. <laughs> hey, that's my <laughs> ballpark, misnaming people. So <laughs> I understand how that works. Um, Diana, the upcoming series that, you, that you're working on, how many parts do you see, and how difficult are you going to find it to get all this stuff into a series? Um, I'm thinking we're probably going to aim for five to six episodes. Um, you know, we want to start the story when she is 16 because I think her relationship with her dad is very, very important and, and something that I really cherish. Um, and then, you know, it's uh, we'll see. You know, we are still in developing stages, um, but um, I can see it being a six six times one hour. And um, are you going to play? The lead, the lead role in this? I'd like to. Yeah, I'd like to. I mean, you know, I am originally from Germany, so um, I'm always fascinated by people, who, you know, from my country, even though she's from, from Austria, but very cl- close enough. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. Right. I, I'm just, I really am fascinated with her. I noticed that uh, executive producer of Bombshell is Susan Sarandon, another famous Hollywood actress. What was her interest in this? I mean, what brought her on? Do you have any idea, Diane? Uh, probably the same reasons as, yeah. as for me. I think that, you know, we don't come across female stories enough, and uh, hers is a really good one, and her story deserves to be heard and and told, and um, I'm assuming she had a personal interest about her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, f- I found it interesting in watching, uh, uh, watching Bombshell that uh, Mel Brooks, seem to yep. have a thing for her. Did, Richard? You know, 
the the discovery late in her life that she was the inventor of this groundbreaking and fundamental technology of frequency hopping, or as it came to be called later, spread spectrum, which is now used in Bluetooth systems and communications with our GPS system, some cell phone systems. It's all over the place today. Uh, The group of men uh, in the world of engineering who first discovered that the name on the patent, which was Hedvig Markey, was actually Hedy Lamar, that happened to be her married name when she signed the patent, uh, were all men of about the same age. They were guys who had fallen in love with her when they were teenage boys watching her movies. So they were they had kind of a built-in radar for being drawn to this whole curious story of their favorite Hollywood actress, the sexy Hedy Lamar, being the inventor of this groundbreaking and fundamental technology that they were just beginning to work with as they moved into uh, uh, wireless digital, mm-hmm. which is where it finds its place today. I guess so. Mel Brooks's famous line, "Headley." In Blazing Saddles. Which, unfortunately, is what about all that most people know about Eddie Lamar, who are younger than, let's say, 50 years of age. Yeah. Um, what uh, What do you take away? And just a couple of minutes left here. Uh, Diane, uh, uh, what do you take away from, uh, what's the, the message we should all take away from this whole experience? For, I mean, for me, it is really about encouraging young people and especially young women to go into fields that are traditionally, you know, male oriented and to not judge a book by its covers. Um, I think that, um, you know, I also think that the father daughter relationship is something that I, I find myself as a girl really interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, anything is possible if you have a curious mind and you think outside the box, um, the world is, is your oyster. And I, I love that message. Richard, you, any final thoughts? Well, certainly people should be aware that, that the world is wide open to ideas from they don't have to have advanced degrees necessarily. They don't even have to be mm-hmm. working in the same field. Uh, Hetty just mm-hmm. looked at the world with the eye of someone who wondered how she could make things a little better. Mm-hmm. And and in that tradition came up with something really profound. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both for taking time to be with us today. And, thank uh, you. You're welcome. Have a great weekend. Uh, Diane Kruger, actress and narrator in the documentary Bombshell that will be on uh, PBS, I think, next next year. And Richard Rhodes, author of Hedy's Folly, The Life and Breakthrough Inventions of Hedy Lamar, The Most Beautiful Woman in the World. If you want to know about Hedy Lamar, you should read that book. It's everything uh, you'll, you'll know.